0: Jaden's Corner, designing your crafting needs: t-shirts, glasses, mugs, and wreaths. You name it. Just call me the Pinterest diva. Contact us on Instagram at Jaden's underscore Corners, or contact us on Facebook at Jaden's Corner. All right, you guys. Um, I wanted to talk about specifically since we were talking about the Olympics. I want to pop on uh, Simone Biles when she withdrew mm. from um, competing because of her mental health. Not only did she do that, but also Naomi, uh, Naomi withdrew. I think it was the French Open, I think. Yeah. But do you remember when she withdrew and people was like, why are you withdrawing? Like, you should yeah. continue playing. And she was like, I'm taking this break for my mental health. And mm. both of those girls got like. A Pretty lot of cured. heat, yeah, like really cued for trying to put their mental health as like top priority over competing or entertaining people. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's something worth talking about. So Chicago, yeah. how did you how did you feel about that?
1: So look, I think it's a perfect example, like of seeing those like business and like capitalism forces that come into play when it goes against, you know, what's really going to be the best thing for the player, for the athlete. And, um, you know, what? once again, you're seeing athletes, you know, they're, they're going on the screen and on into the public life in order to do their sport, not to have to be grieving or go, go through their mental health. Or their mental illness on camera, but I think in both cases um, that they kind of forced the issue, and uh, you know they both were very public and very open about what they were dealing with, and I think that's very respectable in this this day and age. And I, I, for me personally, I felt pretty inspired by that too, just to see that, like, hey, it's okay. Like you have to do you, you gotta take care of yourself first. And you have to put yourself above those business interests and those sponsorship deals and the media deals and whatever else right. is on your plate. Um, you gotta yeah, gotta be able to always come back and prioritize your own self and your mental well-being and, and all of that. Um But yeah, I mean, it fits right into the conversation we had in the beginning, just about seeing that sort of there's a built in conflict almost between what's going to be best for that individual athlete and what's going to be best for the business or the, you know, the team owner or the sponsor or uh, the organization hosting the game.
2: right. Mm -hmm yeah it's it's crazy now with naomi i found out like she had like depression you know i felt she was dealing with some stuff so when i heard that i'm just like like yeah like do what's best for you you know this is you're playing something you love for our entertainment this is a privilege for us to see like it's it's our privilege like it's not that you have to and we're like no it's a privilege for us to watch you play your sport at your highest level, like on television, for people to even come in, you know, tickets, you know, get tickets and stuff to come in the arenas to see to see you play. I would want you to be mentally sharp, mentally on your best, because you know, something bad can happen. And that's the same with Simone Biles. Like I heard she had the case of the flipsies. Now, are you a gymnast, you know what the flipsies are, like when you I know kind of like, I think it's when you kind of forget where you are in the air, kind of
0: something like that. Yeah, it's dangerous because you can like over-rotate, under-rotate.
2: Yeah. So So I heard that, like I heard that from somebody like, you know, she had caught a case of the flipsies while she was in there. And she was, during the practices and stuff, she was trying to, you know, get it right. That's something you have to, and I heard that's something you have, it takes like maybe weeks and months for you to kind of get back to where you were because it's just something that happens you just get a case of it it's kind of Mm -hmm. just something that naturally happens you just forget your where you are in the air and something if you don't know where your feet like where your feet are you can't land you know something back you can land on your neck on your arm or something bad or land on your leg wrong so I just felt in that case like she did the best thing for her to just kind of get back get back to where she was kind of slowly but surely kind of work her way back to getting back better and stuff like that so I feel like in those cases like instead of uplifting them and kind of just making sure they was okay it was the opposite it was kind of like why you're you know why you're not playing like why you're not doing this you're such a disappointment this and that like you're a disgrace to the to America because you're not doing you know all these all these things that people were saying to them negative things it was kind of like dang this is like this is the olympics like you don't want us to lose like this is you know and then on top of that somebody gets severely injured you know for not being mentally there so i just thought like Mm -hmm. that was kind of terrible that was kind of bad as far as it made us look bad as a country it made us look separated as a country like Instead of uplifting them and uplifting that person and making sure they was okay, it was kind of like the opposite, like, oh, they they suck, they're disgraced, oh she she this and that or whatever. And it's just like dang, like she doing what's best for her. Like they mm-hmm. were doing what's best for them. So that's what I took from it. Are right, you got something you, you took from it?
0: Um, I think as a society. We tend to think that mental health isn't as important as physical health. Because, you know, people be like, oh, you got to lose weight. You got to get in shape. You got to be tip-top. And people just downplay mental health. And to me, me, the way I take it, there are multiple athletes, including Simone Biles and probably Naomi, that continue to play a match or, or continue to do a routine like Simone Biles did. With physical health that wasn't 100%, with a sprained wrist or a sprained ankle, certain hurt, something hurted, mm-hmm. or a, you know what I'm saying? Something injured. Yeah. They, they have gone through things. Even me, I have played basketball games and stuff with myself, like ankles hurt and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So people like to put physical health like, oh, this has to be up here, but mental health is like down here is not that important. Yes, it is. So you yeah. mean to tell me? If mental health, I mean, if physical health is supposed to be something so all the way up here, they have the ability to play through bodily injuries, but they don't have the ability to play through mental health that's not 100%. That means mental health is very, very important. Right. If it's that strong to make you not even want to do anything to deplete your confidence or not make you perform your best. Versus just a sprained wrist, like a wrist Oh,
2: that's nothing. That's nothing. But see, I didn't play but, through that. See, but, but depression. Then, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry to cut you off. Are you you're good? You know? Okay. Yeah, but like, see, like even with what you're saying, like these people that saying this never played a professional sport in their life.
1: Like right.
2: they make it seem like they make it seem like wow, like this is the easiest thing on earth to do. Like oh, like. Hitting a baseball is the easiest thing to do in life, like, or shooting, shooting 100 threes in a row is the easiest, like, until you really get out there, until you, until you were in that position where, like, you have to play injured, like, even through that, like, I, like, I give kudos to the players that even go out there and, like, put, you know, that trust in themselves to go out there playing at 70%, 60%, because of the simple fact, you might come up, come out more injured than you were when you went in instead of sitting out recovering making sure you're okay so like what people think like dang like they don't care about the player they just think of it as you're my entertainment you're supposed to entertain me all circumstances you're supposed to entertain me it doesn't matter how you feel it doesn't matter your mental health It. I don't care about you as an individual they just look at them as us like an object of this sport like your job, this is, this is what you, but it's just like, bro, these people choose to do this. These people choose this job because this is something they wanted to do. This is something they, they were passionate about since they were young. So it's just like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of ignorant people out there that just, that don't know because they think they know because, oh, you know, it's not that bad because the player might make it look easy, but you don't know what that player is going through. like he might be grimacing like he might be in full pain but he's going out there sacrificing himself and his body just to make you happy
0: right see chicago you're an athlete can you relate to any of what we're saying
1: oh 100 had any experiences um yeah i also wanted to uh plug that new movie uh king richard oh yeah uh, yeah story of uh serena and venus williams I mean, it kind of is interesting because it 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 shows the life as children too, getting into the sport and as 13, 14 years old being um, coached very seriously and being taken to, you know, professional level training facilities at that age is. um, When I was watching that movie, it made me even though I followed these players and followed tennis for so long and played tennis. I just thought when I saw that movie, I was like, wait a second. I mean, you're talking about someone's entire, you know, that those teenage years where you're becoming who you're going to be and they're spending almost eight hours a day on the tennis court and doing drills and coaching. So it's like you said, I mean, they're, they're sacrificing a lot every time they get out on the court to play for an audience and, and do what they do and make it look easy. Um yeah, for me personally as an athlete, I mean I I think I won my first tennis tournament when I was like 14. Nice. And so, you know, when you're that age and you're uh you get to the, the top of your league, it's it kind of is like all these other influences start coming with different kinds of pressure, even at that age. And I, I was never anywhere close to being on that like professional track. But um, as soon as I won that first tournament that I actually won, then my coaches start treating me a little bit different. They're like, well, we want you to train more. We see some potential in you. We want to try to, now that you've won one, let's see what else this guy can do. Mm -hmm. And let's try to uh, push him even further. So you get pressure, you know, from, even from light pressure from family and friends who, That you know, they want to see you do your best, but it's also like you got to kind of constantly be aware of what is that pressure versus what's going to be true for me, what's going to be my um, actual true desire, what I want to get out of this activity, right? Yeah, I just gotta stay true to yourself. I just
2: think like it's really just kind of like the pressure situation, it's kind of like. have to really watch who you're around especially like for some of these athletes like they really have to watch who they're around because some people look at them as a meal ticket like this is who's gonna who's gonna get us out like and it's sad to say that like but maybe the closest people to you are looking at you they seen you from when you was eight and you was dominating like little league peewee league or he was donating the courts or whatever you was doing. He was just dominating your sport and they seen potential. And now they training, you training like every day you're doing all this. And it's just like some people look at, at you as a meal ticket. So I feel like some people have to watch who's around them and who's genuinely there, genuinely there for their their support. stuff like that because some people you know you can see if you just focus and you'll see like who's going to be there for the long run or who's going to be there just you know to get something from you and then leave so I feel like that's really important and I feel like a lot of a lot of like players in the league really have like I would call it PTSD because some of them went through traumatic experiences like like, went through killings of their friends and streets and all this other stuff, and then now they from that into this position of somewhat power, like, I have money, like, people are counting on me, I have a big responsibility, you went from just broke one day in college, barely can pay your, like, your tuition and stuff, now you're a full-blown millionaire, so I think it's kind of like, you have to be careful, you have to have the right people around you kind of to... Of course, mm-hmm. kind of like display your money, kind of just kind of help you with your money, help you finance, help you put your money in the right places. And not, of course, you know, not let you spend it all in a certain amount of time. But I just think that's kind of interesting how like some of these players really do have like traumatic experiences and then all this pressures on them, like they have to make it, they have to make it, they have to make it then once they're there, it's kind of like they can't really relax because in the NFL, if you're an NFL player, my contract not guaranteed. I have to play at least until my second contract. I have to play maybe three years until I get my second big contract. So it's kind of like playing, playing chess almost like
1: mm. now
2: because yeah. it's, it's just like now I have to kind of be strategic. And that's when it comes back into what we were talking about, the business aspect of it. I have to be strategic on, like, am, like I got to be real good. I have to take care of myself, do this, do this, and do that, take care of myself, make sure I get to that big contract, that big extension or whatever the case may be to help me kind of prolong my career, prolong my, my money, my finances and stuff. So I think that all draws into, like, the whole pressure thing, guys, when you start, it starts young, you know, when somebody sees potential in you, they might not be pushing you to better you. They might be pushing you for their own, you know, for their own game.
1: Yeah, so, totally. Well said.
2: But as a kid, you don't know that. You know what I'm saying? As a kid, you just, man, I love this sport. I love basketball. I love baseball. I love tennis. I love soccer. Like, this is something I love. But the people that might be behind you, besides, like, your, probably your mom or your your dad or whatever you know they might not be in it for you they might just be in it like oh he's gonna he's gonna make it and he's gonna you know i'm gonna stick to him because he's gonna make it he's gonna make millions of dollars and stuff like that so
1: that's that's yeah like now that i'm i'm older like i'm also doing a little bit of coaching like new tennis players and now i can now i can totally see it from that perspective of like oh if one of my uh students goes out to wins a tournament Now that's going to make me look good, maybe help my coaching business, but I have to now be aware of that and not go and blindly be putting that kind of pressure on, on my students, just so that it benefits me. I think that now that I've learned all that and been a player and now done a little bit of coaching, I can kind of keep all that perspective in my mind so that I'm, able to relate to my students as players because i was one yeah. and and not be out there trying to you know abuse them and just cycle right. through them until i find one that's actually going to win and make me look good and right. all that so that's um i think coming kind of coming full circle for me these days
2: i got a question for y'all to of course mm-hmm. y'all like y'all two were coaches and you know y'all help coach kids the how do y'all do it like me as a competitor myself like I like to talk like especially in basketball I like to talk I like to talk smack or like in certain instances like I'm just a real strong competitor and like if you're bad like I might tell you you're bad (laughs) so like how do y'all just kind of like break that up like kind of just make sure you're supportive instead of putting down a kid you know what I'm saying how did how y'all kind of separate that
1: you can
0: go for Ricardo.
1: Okay. Um, I like to kind of understand from each student, like, why they do the activity. And it's different for each student. You know, some people are wanting to play the sport because it gives them a way to release some anger. Maybe it's like a stress reliever for them. And uh, some people might be playing it because uh, maybe their family member or... One of their parents plays it and they really uh, got an early childhood, just love of the game. Um, So once I find out whatever that detail is, then I try to keep that always in my conversation with that student so that it's stays as much as possible, stays a healthy activity for them. And, you know, not something where if I see a student, on the other hand, who's kind of beating themselves up. And always trying to strive for perfection, and maybe they're trying to impress someone else, or they're trying to impress me, and not really do it for the love of the activity. Um, then I'll try to notice those signs right. and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, you know this this activity can be a lot of fun for you actually if you look at it this way, or if this activity is always be causing you pain, then." You could think about doing a different sport or a different activity. Um, so I, I just, I think that's, that's what comes to mind for me is just learning from my student what they're in it for and what makes them happy when they come out onto the tennis court or whatever it might be.
0: Um, for me, I've only coached. For like one year and it wasn't even like a whole year it was like a summer camp so i don't have as much credentials as chicago does but as far as my experience
1: hey i'm just ki- old so <laughs> <laughs> we can call it what it is
0: okay. but i only had like eight or nine kids in my group that i was coaching and i only saw two different personalities I saw kids that actually wanted to learn and then I saw kids that I knew their only reason they was here is because their parents forced them to come here and just do something (laughs) for the summer get up off their butt and like stop playing playstation 5 inside the house all summer like they just I could tell like I just knew and so right it comes out like and for the kids that really wanted to be there, enjoyed it, wanted to get better, I pushed them. Now, I'm not going to, like, push them, like, really hard, but there would be some things that they were weak at and they didn't like doing it. I would tell them, this is what you need to work on the most. I know your forehand is great, incredible, but that backhand, baby, we're going to be on this all summer. <laughs> I know you don't like it, but that's the point of you being here to learn, to get you, put you in an uncomfortable situation to where it becomes second nature.
2: Yeah.
0: But for the kids who didn't want to be there, I just gave them a little something something to do. I didn't really push them as hard. Um, I try to be as even as possible. Like I let them do a couple of laps. I didn't try to push them to uh, everybody to be like, you know, track stars and anything. I would try yeah. to engage, especially for the kids who didn't want to be there. I would really try to, cause we would play games. Like we would play King of the Core or Alley Rally or something like that. I would really oh, like yes. take I would really take a vote and say, okay, what games do y'all want to play the most? You see what I'm saying? I would do like a general consensus or stuff like that to really I know y'all don't want to be here, but there's gotta be something you like doing out here. Something. Yeah. And a that lot is- of them is <laughs> like, well, we like taking breaks. I was like, okay, I give y'all, I give y'all two more extra breaks then since that's what you like. <laughs> Saying, I'm, trying like to, I'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying
2: to do something okay they kept it a butt with you they was like right. "Listen, here, we we like taking breaks breaks right. is what you like to do they're like i'm glad you asked
1: Man. Like, <laughs> this is I'm- actually what we love to do take <laughs>
0: right. breaks Brakes. Brakes. I, I, I tried to be the cool teacher i really did yeah that's
2: interesting because i'm just like ah, i could not do it i just feel like i pushed them too hard like well <laughs> i just be like you suck like <laughs> I just do I'll just be honest, like bro, you suck. I'm sorry, but then I try to help them get better. But like, but as a coach, I know I know my place. I'm not, I not I can't be a coach, bro. Like, that's see, no, me. you
0: can't, Jalen. You can't do that because if you tell one of your students you suck, see, I had like they was like in middle school. If you tell one of your kids that they suck, you know they will go tell their parents, and the parents gonna be coming to talk to you. You can't do something like yeah. that.
2: And then I'll be like, look, your kids suck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like what it. else you
2: want me to say you want me to change my answer no your kids suck you can't do that but no. <laughs> and i'll I, I, I just don't think i have the patience bro like i have patience for like adults and older kids but like hey shout was, out
1: to uh one of my early tennis coaches his name is actually patience so oh really
2: nice. wow that's Definitely. that's a good name to have as a coach Patience. it,
1: it was so perfect for <laughs> uh for that time that's it
2: Because, like, I just know you have to, it's more about time with the kids, like, you know, kind of being patient with them because, like, some kids learn faster than others, some kids learn slower than others, so you have to kind of break it up.
0: I mean, you got to keep in mind their children and right. plus like their brains aren't even fully developed yet. So, I mean, you do have some that just catch on to things like fast, but yeah. majority of the time you can have kids, it's going to be a learning curve. It's going right. to be a hill to get over. So you, you're going to have to take, get some patience.
2: No kids, don't no kids thinking about playing in a box I like SpongeBob, your right. imagination. All
0: right. But yeah. So,
1: um, yeah. All of that also applies to whenever I'm teaching music and teaching, you know, the marching band in the high school level. I'd say it's I use that same approach. Mm -hmm. Finding Mm -hmm. out what does music mean to them, why do what do they enjoy about that activity, and and then I kind of work with them and keep all of that in mind.
2: Right. Okay.
0: Okay. um... Switching. Did you have anything else to talk about? Because we've been on here for a good
1: hour. We've been on here for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I
2: want to ask one more thing. Sure. Okay. For you, Chicago. Like, you say you're into music. Like, what made you get into music? Like, what was your passion about music that you like? All right. You you told us before that you were a drummer, I think you said a percussionist. Yep. So what you like about music? Like, what drew what draw you to music or what drew you to music?
1: Sure. Um, Also, somebody recently said to me, he's like, since you teach tennis and you teach drums, he's like, it sounds like you just are really good at hitting things with other things. (laughs) 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 He's like, I guess you're an expert in hitting things. I was like, dude, that sounds pretty violent. That's not not what I'm about. But uh, I just thought that was funny. I think for me, though, like what got me into music? Um, uh, man, yeah, I started when I was pretty young playing the drums when I was 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, not straight out the womb, but I think for, for me, it was an activity that it just worked really well for my mind. There's something about just, you get this mind body connection when you're playing any instrument really.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and so I just kind of fell in love with that feeling that there's, um, yeah sounds and a physical vibration through your body connected with the vibration coming out of the drum or out of the instrument or the piano whatever it is so I always thought that was really cool a really cool feeling and then I just had yeah man just grateful for the teachers that I had um growing up all throughout school inside and outside of school and even just yeah, family members who also had been practicing those traditions and were able to share the craft with me that way. Um, Yeah, yeah, so many musical influences I could go into, like, as I became more um, skilled at it over the years, but uh, yeah, I think at the core, it was just, it was the coolest thing I ever felt was hitting the drum, and I was like, wow, that was so easy to do i you just yeah. you just hit it and it it just felt so natural to me mm-hmm. to play so i always play I always carry some sticks with me um wherever i go so it's just it's another place where i can find that peace in my mind if i just yeah. if i have a pair of sticks dude i could be drumming on my leg or whatever you know whatever yeah. object i find and it's right. um it's almost like a meditation type activity for me too yeah
0: okay we got mr drumline over here Maria, i was just gonna say
1: that i, I don't know if that. you can read that but that's a paradiddle it's like a drumming pattern oh oh okay it's was so. like right left right right left right left left mm. oh that's tough. That's, so tough that's what you see him doing on the drumline like that mm. so- that's <laughs> tough that's tough
0: that's nice. I think me and Jalen can actually relate to you uh, for having a love for music because I play the bass guitar and Jalen was in the band. He played the baritone.
1: Yes. Sir. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we got a little band right here. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> got, us a little, got us a little band. Right. Boy. But yeah, so, yeah um, I thought
1: people like keep up with their their instrument. I have so many friends, you know, like I'm in my 30s. So a bunch of us like we get old and then we drop off our instruments so I'm always telling my friends, like, hey, like, you played, like, violin or whatever in high school. Like, do you hey. still mess with it? And they'll be like, oh, it's collecting dust somewhere. I'm like, come on, Reno, bring it out. Let's see <laughs> if you still got it. See if you still got some chops. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on here. On yeah, the-
1: thank you, guys. This is fun.
0: Okay, JB Nation, um, thank you for rocking with us. And thank A- you for A-B, Chicago A-B. for joining. All right, JB Nation, we out.